Hello, it's Paul Scott here, UK small caps commentator, investor and writer of the Small Cap Value Reports on Stockopedia with, with Graham Neary, an occasional help from Roland Head. Um, I'm recording this for the second time, the recorder went wrong earlier, <laughs> on the Saturday the 2nd of March 2024. So I'm going to have some quick general thoughts and then run through the loads and loads and loads of shares we've covered in the Small Cap Value Reports. So I'm going to have to rattle through because there are just so many. Markets generally, no clear direction at the moment. Um, AIM has softened a bit this week. Midcap seems to be holding on to the Santa Rally gains. Um, I don't think it pays to overfocus too much on short-term market movements. Um, I just see amazing value selectively, that's the key word, in UK small and mid-caps. Why do I say that? Well, because we're, getting, we're being offered valuations that really I haven't seen for a long time, and I've been doing this over 25 years. And um, I think the overall economic position is looking uh, gradually gradual improvements. Um, and um, the main thing is we're getting all these takeover bids, which is telling you that the market's cheap. I don't don't really understand the people who... Uh, are lamenting how awful UK uh, markets are and are selling up and 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 buying US shares. Well, I do understand it. You know, it's everybody's chasing this AI boom, aren't they? And I mean, I looked at the numbers for Nvidia, and they're just absolutely stunning, extraordinary figures. Um, so no wonder you know people are chasing after the next AI-driven boom share. But it is you know the trouble is when you see these bandwagons, it's usually too late, isn't it? Or you're going to catch maybe the end of it. I don't. No. Um, but anyway, that's not my area of expertise, so I'm sticking to small cap stock picking in the UK, and I'm doing pretty well. I had a stunning year last year in my personal portfolio. This year, to date, I'm my portfolio is down, um, not a huge amount, but it's mainly driven by one stock because I've concentrated heavily into Plexus, POS, which I'm very pleased with so far. The news flow this year has been good. We should get interim results out soon. So that should be interesting. But it's a slow burn. It'll just gradually, uh, I think, you know, they need to prove with more contract wins um, that that they're, they're on a sustainable upturn rather than just a couple of one-off big contracts. So I won't say anything more on Plexus. But basically, to get my portfolio back to break even for this year, I only need a two and a half pence rise in Plexus. So, um, which I'm, I you know, it doesn't matter to me what the short-term share price of Plexus does because I've done my research and I'm committed to it and I just ignore the market price movements. Now, in terms of my top 20 list of share ideas for 2024, that's doing really well. That's up 7% year to date, which I think is quite difficult to do in two months on a portfolio of 20 shares. Uh, even though I've had one or two profit warnings within that, they don't really matter. Spread over 20 shares, you can absorb the, the odd profit warning. So it's not something to get uh, too overexcited about. And that's well ahead of, that's about 10% ahead of the AIM index, which in two months, which is now, some of that's luck, obviously. But um, I think, that, so on my on my value gap shares, I'm having a good start to the year. Also worth noting that my 2023 value uh, gap shares and now at 33% ahead of the aim market. So I think I think that just goes to show that there are rich pickings in this market if you select your shares very carefully. So I'm I'm not gloomy about UK markets at all. I think there are I think there are tons of opportunities available, but as I've said loads of times before, I think probably about two thirds of UK small caps are pretty much uninvestable. So a lot of it is junk. But that means there's a, a nice uh, several hundred really good 
decent quality shares at attractive prices, I think. So, yeah, I remain very bullish on, on UK markets. I think we've got golden opportunities at the moment, and that's proven by these takeover approaches, which are just, you know, um, it couldn't. It, it, it's clear as day that the UK markets are so cheap. So why on earth would people be gloomy on on on? good quality small and mid caps. I think they've got it the wrong way around. But anyway, that's just my opinion. I've jotted down a few macro points uh, this week as well. Yeah, I might run through those quickly. Now, these are not comprehensive because you can get macro news from newspapers and anywhere, really. But these were just key points that I thought looked interesting. So now in the uh, on Mellow, there were two interesting things that caught my ear. One was React, R-E-A-T, the cleaning company. They said something like the new contracts or uh, their contracts now have national living wage increases factored into the contract. Now, that's interesting, isn't it? Now, I wonder, they're obviously supplying cleaners to go in and do specialist cleaning jobs. Quite quite a nice little business, actually. Um, But it made me think that actually government increases in national living wage, which of course have been around 10% this year and for 2023, those could be now directly fueling um, inflation generally in the economy if national living wage inflationary increases are now being built in to contracts. So that sort of raises the issue of whether uh, inflation could be more sticky or not. But overall, my view is it's clearly on a downward trend. I don't think it pays to look at the individual month uh, inflation data because there can be so many uh, random factors. I just look at the overall trend and what analysts are saying is the likely trend. And, you know, inflation basically has more or less been solved now, or it will do in a few months' time, which means interest rates should come down. No idea on timing. I don't want to speculate on that. But it's the big overall trends that matter. And I think those are looking very good. Shop inflation uh, came through on Tuesday is only 2.5% in February 2024. That down from 2.9% in January. So shop inflation, again, um, that is... Uh, on a, only a whisker above the uh, target. And that was that data is from the British Retail Consortium and Nielsen IQ Shop Price Index. So encouraging data there. On Wednesday, I spotted a very interesting news item: that Klarna, that's the buy buy now pay in three instalment service, I think, um, they're now using an AI bot to do two thirds of their customer service inquiries. Um, that's the equivalent of seven hundred full time jobs. Uh, full-time agents in these call centres. Now, that struck me. I'm a bit behind the curve on this AI business because I, I didn't really understand what sort of things it could actually do that would be of use. Now, providing these AI bots are actually doing the customer service inquiries well, which I think is a big question mark, um, that's going to enable uh, you know companies with big call centres to strip out a hell of a lot of cost, potentially, isn't it, and make much higher margins with knock-on effects to causing, obviously, unemployment. Um, But that got me thinking about what shares might see opportunities from uh, being able to uh, slash huge amounts of costs. And the obvious one, which I think is cheap anyway, that that popped into my head, was Capita, CPI. Um, And also, of course, who supplies these AI bots? Are there any companies we can invest in who are going to be cleaning up by selling this kit? So big changes ahead, I think. I thought that was very interesting. One of our subscribers called Top Vest uh, pointed out very helpfully that retail investors are now given access to government guilt auctions. Um, and that the first one where that was the case, there was very high demand of £12 billion pounds 
um, for only 4 billion of available gilts, which were 4% uh, 2031, um, yielding 4.1%. So they must have been auctioned, I suppose that means. Is that slightly below par? I don't know. I'm only a generalist on bonds. I don't know. Uh, I'm not immersed in it. But I think that's very interesting. And doesn't it make sense, surely, to offer guilt to um, affluent individuals as a, and they can put the money into those as opposed to uh, bank deposit accounts and let the bank take a cut of the profits and also it could help bring down UK um, guilt yields if enough wealthy people start to direct investly, uh, invest directly even so I thought that was quite interesting absolutely vast markets though so probably it won't move the dial having retail investors involved I'm guessing on Thursday, I noticed uh, Bitcoin is soaring again, nearing new highs. This is the bubble that deflates and then reflates several times now. Obviously, my views on it completely unchanged. It has no intrinsic value. It's not the same as fiat currencies, because fiat currencies have government backing and compulsion and tax-raising powers behind them. So it's a, a classic um, speculative bubble that's completely out of control. And the people who are chasing it up, I think, increasingly are, well, have always been average Joes. And uh, I had more evidence of that this week when um, I was having um, this grumbling pain I've got in my arm and my shoulder. So I'm going to an osteopath once a week. And he, he asked me what I did. I said, I'm a financial analyst. First thing he asked me about was cryptocurrencies. So I, I basically said to him, look, do what you want, but recognize it's gambling, not investing. And, um, you know, if you have to do these things, put put in, don't put in a Money, money you can afford to lose, and he said that that's exactly what 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 I'm doing. He said it wouldn't kill me if I lost this money. I just said, well, it's it's up to you. I can't give advice, but just be careful. So what happens when the inevitable happens and all this this mania crashes? It could take out. It could. It's going to destroy a lot of wealth, isn't it? A lot of artificial wealth. But how many banks will be on the hook for loans that people have taken out to buy? Uh, cryptocurrencies as they're called of course they're not currencies but well anything can be a currency if enough people want to use it but it's it's it, its purpose is not currency its purpose is financial speculation so i you know i have no idea what the prices of these things will go to because once something's completely detached from reality of course it can it can go anywhere but anyway you know there's lots lots of books on financial manias and these go right back throughout all of recorded human history and bitcoin and other cryptos are obviously you know just a massive um, an absolutely massive financial speculative bubble. I don't know. I know how it'll end eventually. I'm convinced it will eventually completely crash, but I've got no idea when. I'm more worried about the macro factors, though, and all the damage this could do to the economy generally and the financial system generally, the bigger the bubble gets. Oh, UK small cuts markets generally. I f- I'm finding the market a bit disjointed at the moment. I think there's uh, there's definitely more speculative money coming into it, I think, because I'm seeing, particularly at the microcap level, some really quite wild speculative movements in, in microcaps. So the, there's, there's traders active at that area. Often these are spikes, and as I'm going to come on to, many of these spikes where companies are putting out positive-sounding RNSs are then... They then kill them with a fundraise at a discount. So you've got to be really careful if you're playing around at that end of the market. Um, that was my main theme for this week, actually. Just I think, yes, it's fun to gamble on these things, but 
um, you know, uh, they, you know, you need to check the balance sheet first. If something has an obvious need to raise money, then, you know, if you're buying into a spike on a positive RNS, you're probably cannon fodder for replacing that might already be going on in the background. You know, the, these shares should be suspended if they need to raise cash. The UK rules are ridiculous. OK, UK, UK mortgage approvals were above expectations in January 24. More evidence, as we're hearing from the house builders themselves, that the market has turned. And I think there was a, was it a nationwide report this week, the house prices have actually edged up. So, um, and the house builders are all saying the same thing, that demand is, is, is beginning to return. And obviously there's then a lag of six months or so before they actually start building more houses. And the planning system, we covered all that last week. Now, also on Monday, there was a fantastic interview uh, David Streder did with Vin Maria. Now, I've heard of Vin Maria. She's, she's, her nickname is the Queen of Tech. And I've never actually seen her present before, but I really enjoyed the presentation she did at Mellow. It was fantastic. She's a real force of nature. What advice, I was on my chat room with, on WhatsApp with some of my uh, investor friends at the time. And I said, wowee, she, this is some, this is some uh, personality here with Vin Maria. One of my friends messaged me and said, yes, Paul, she said she'd kick your ass. <laughs> so that made me laugh. Now, the particular point in that interview I'm flagging up here is that David Streder and, and myself actually are very much against um, the uh, excessive uh, corporate boardroom pay in Britain, particularly in, in companies that are really underperforming and have give totally unjustified uh, rewards to directors. Obviously, often it's a huge proportion of, of profits in small caps as well, and they're paid well whether they succeed or fail. Whereas Vin Maria took issue with this, and she said, no, at our company, she does sort of private equity type uh, uh, investments, and she said... Um, you know, she does the actual deals and creates these vehicles and, you know, according to her, uh, they've done very well over the years. And, I mean, she obviously knows. She's obviously, obviously brilliant and expert in her field, so I'm not, not disputing that in any way. I think she's fantastic. But she was saying, um, no, she said, the, you know, the companies we buy, we give management really generous schemes if they perform. So she said, I think this is a quote, we pay big for success. And... I think she won me over on that. I think schemes where, you know, you give management a big slug of the pie if they really deliver outsized stretch targets. But as David said, and you can do that, private equity can do that as they control the company. But as David said, and I agree with Dave, David as well, in listed companies, it's often rewards for failure. You know, management are setting up their own um, reward schemes that uh, the institutions are half asleep at the wheel in many cases, although there's more evidence now that they are coming back. If you look at these AGM votes, there's often a sizable no vote uh, for directors' remuneration. So it's great to see institutions starting to be a bit more proactive on that. But I agree with David overall. I think it's depressingly uh, the case in far too many cases where... Um, there's ina inadequate shareholder oversight at listed companies and directors uh, just take the piss, basically, and end up having their, their hands in the till and are, and are being rewarded for failure. So, uh, But that was a great discussion. Oh, I should say as well that I, the last two weeks I've actually moved in with my mother on the west side of Bournemouth um, because she had a fall and um, is... Uh, no, is that recording? Yes, it is.
Sorry, sorry, I just got an error message saying it wasn't recording. Anyway, she had a fall and um, was in hospital for a few days, so I've moved in with her so that I can keep an eye on her, uh, fetching and carrying, making breakfast and other meals and, and cleaning up and so on. But I don't think you will have noticed anything from the small cap value reports because I'm just working as normal with a laptop perched on my lap, and it hasn't really um, changed uh, my working stuff at all. So um, so that's good. It's flexible. You can work anywhere. Anyway, the good news is Mum's starting to slowly recover a bit. She's hobbling around on her Zimmer. And um, I've had lots of lovely messages, actually, from, from readers um, detailing often their own circumstances. So we've been sort of uh, counselling each other. And I have to say, the best message I had was from Isabel, who sent me a lovely message saying, don't see it as uh, adversity that your mum's had a fall. See it as an opportunity for you both to spend some quality time together in, in, in a way that you otherwise probably wouldn't do. And I thought, isn't that a lovely way of drawing a positive from a negative? So thanks, Isabel. I really appreciated that. And thanks also to all the other people who've sent me their own um, stories um, often which reminds me you know that there's many other people who are quietly suffering um, or have had adversity that they've over, overcome so and actually being a sort of sort of part-time carer for me over the last two weeks has been quite rewarding in a way anyway mum's on the mend and she's remarkably cheerful considering so uh, she's she's the ultimate glass half full person my mum is super optimistic absolutely lovely Anyway, gosh, I'd better start talking about some shares, didn't I? Right, on Monday, what was this? This was Monday the 26th of February 2024. Roland wrote the Week Ahead editorial, which is great. So look that up on Stockopedia. It's a a Monday morning um, editorial on large caps and international markets. So um, those are proving very popular. I'm delighted to see those. I touched on a report from the CMA, the Competition Markets Authority, investigating the house builders, and they flagged up eight in particular that they think have been colluding on price and uh, market activity, which didn't really seem to do much to the share prices, but I thought it was useful information anyway, so I summarised that report, which is well worth reading. It's very short and it's very interesting. They flagged up big structural problems with the planning system and um, concerned about estate management charges and build quality of new houses. And it is, I think, the house building sector is a bit of a scam. I mean, they throw up these jerry-built houses, make fat margins on them and pay out all these generous shareholder returns. Meanwhile, the country has a desperate need for more and better quality housing. So... Yeah, I think there's political risk with that sector if we do have a change of government, so I'm a little bit more wary of it. I don't think it's necessarily going to be business as usual. Great news for Wincanton shareholders, although it turns out this was only the starter course. Um, The bid uh, from the French was raised from £4.50 to £4.80, and news of a possible higher competing offer. So very exciting news on Monday, but as I say, that was just the entree for Wincanton shareholders. Well done to people who hung on. Right, my mid-morning movers section is proving popular. I noted here that Ocado had dropped 5% to £4.99 on uh, a downgrade by Peel Hunt and news that Marks & Spencer is withholding payment for its services due to dissatisfaction with the service, apparently. Uh, I don't understand the valuation of Ocado. I think it's 
just a massively loss making business that underperforms every year so but i didn't look at the accounts ricardo i might have a look at those next and mention them next week uh, cambridge cognition holdings was up eight percent on a midas share tip over the weekend actually an advisor got in touch with me and said do i want to have a chat with management and i said yes because i've followed cambridge cognition in the past so i'm looking forward to catching up with management when the next results come out and then infinity energy systems ies announced a strategic manufacturing deal so i quickly reviewed its financials and i think it's it's going to need another fundraise soon so i'm negative on the fundamentals for ies this is one of many this week where we've had positive announcements but it's blindingly obvious to anyone who digs into the detail that they desperately need uh, more cash so a discounted placing is the most likely outcome and if you buy the shares on a positive rns all too often you're cannon fodder to get the share price up and then they'll they'll get a fundraise away obviously i don't know for sure with any individual company but it looks to me as if it's a a heavily loss making jam tomorrow company but the odd one is a multi-bagger that's why people continue to invest in these things the vast majority of them of course are disasters these jam tomorrow cash burning companies so it's a it's a horrible sector but you can if you're if you're lucky um, or clever or a bit of both you can find the old multi-bagger well as i did last year with plexus holdings so i'm a bit bit of a hypocrite aren't i but it's a really it's really a case of picking the spots very very carefully i think and for most people just best to avoid the whole area i think it's the biggest leak to my um and other people's um, portfolio performance is buying into stories rather than established businesses. Right, moving on to the main sections for Monday's report. Graham looked at Begby's trainer, Q3 trading update, the insolvency practitioner. Um, we think it might be coming into value range again because the share price has been soft. Uh, but he's gone with Amber on Begby's. Um, and Silica, E-N-S-I, this is one of these small cap, micro cap uh, chip designers, there have been several of them, where the fundamentals look poor, um, <clears throat> it's um, small operating profit uh, in H1, that's it, I looked at the H1 results, oh no, break even uh, for operating profit, but it's got quite a bit of debt that's expensive, so that pushes it into losses, so Ensilica, the balance sheet's wobbly, and going concern statement, always read the going concern statement, I do a control F, going concern, and it takes you straight to it, because that can, those are very useful, those going concern statements, and that indicates it needs more funding, um, but with Ensilica, it's got an absolutely massive claimed pipeline so um that's what the bulls are getting excited about so i've called it here more of a punt than an investment in silica given the you know chip design and whatever ai and stuff is a huge um speculative area at the moment and actually i think it was paul hill who said um it's sucking in it spend uh, that's being withdrawn from other IT projects potentially. I think I think that was an interesting uh, point, very interesting. Uh, so yeah, Ensilica from as a value GARP investor, I can't assess its prospects. I just think um, I'd want to see it raise more cash, and it probably will do imminently. I imagine if the share price keeps going up. Uh, Graham looked at International Personal Finance IPF. Now this delayed its results, um, which is a bit worrying due to something the Polish regulator has done. This company does um, uh, subprime lending, I believe, in various international countries. Um, anyway, it's delaying 
the accounts. But Graham's quite sanguine about it, and he's keeping his green view of this share as good value. Well, he said here, risky but attractively cheap. Finally, I looked at Tristel, T-S-T-L, H1 results. We followed this share for donkey's years. I really like it. I think the, the results were great, the H1 results. I can't see anything wrong in the numbers. Uh, although I did grumble about the um, share option costs being adjusted out, but that's standard practice. Lots of companies do that. It's questionable, I think. Um, I think there are also very good reasons to expect growth to continue at Tristel. But as I always say with this share, stuck record on it, it's the valuation. It's just too expensive for me. But I can see why people like the company a lot. And on that basis, uh, I view it amber green, so moderately positive Tristel. The only things we didn't have time to cover on Monday were the two smallest uh, shares on our list. We tend to try and go for the larger ones first. Um, and there was nothing particularly interesting for these two. NJ, Engage XR, EXR was an inline trading update. I, uh, heavily loss-making, cash-burning, jam-tomorrow thing. But it did recently win some big contracts. But I'm I'm still a bit sceptical on that one. And Made Tech, MTEC, half-year results, uh, profit outlook in line, revenue down. We didn't really want to take that one any further, and we didn't have time either. Remember, we can't cover everything. Right, on Tuesday then, 27th of February 2024, we covered uh, 12 companies, so a massive amount. We normally aim to do about five. Um, Some of these were in the mid-morning movers section, which has proven popular, where I do a quick look at things, but I do properly research them as well. I look back at, uh, but I just write a a short section on them. Uh, The only things we didn't cover were Kitwave, K-I-T-W, which I looked at later in the week, and PCI PAL, which I would like to look at the interims on that, but I haven't got round to that one. Everything else we did, so let's quickly rattle through those. Right, the mid-morning movers firstly. Uh, ITIM, I-T-I-M, that's the company name and the ticker. This is a small uh, software for for retailers uh, and e-commerce. It floated in the boom and its share price is down about 80%. But there's signs of life here and it rose 58% to 34p. That's only an 11 million market cap on news of a five-year multi-million pound contract win with Quiz. Obviously, the uh, we know that Quiz well. The ladies were a retailer, omni-channel. And... Um, a trading update coming shortly. I've said here I think this share is potentially interesting. So I'm I'm flagging it as worth a closer look for higher risk investors. And note the founder owns 38%. Silver Bullet Data Services, SBDS. I still haven't looked at this in detail, but a number of the readers flagged it to me. And I think there might be something interesting at this one. So have a look at it yourself. Um, that rose 13% to £1.80, 31 million market cap, on news of extending a $2.3 million contract for a third consecutive year with a very impressive... Oh, that was it. The, it's, the, it's, the, it's, the, it's the clients, the quality of the clients that is most striking about this little uh, data analytics AI type business. Um, it's it's a $2.3 million contract with Mars Pet Care in the US, which of course is a huge group. Um, it is historically loss making, and I point out, uh, but revenue is doubling, and uh, H1 lost halved, but a threadbare balance sheet. Yet another one. These small, promising little UK listed 
uh, Jam Tomorrow type or rapid growth companies, they're never properly financed. What is wrong with the UK financial sector? Why can't they just properly fund these businesses and let, let them get on with it instead of teetering on the brink of insolvency and placings all the time? It's just structurally the city is just messing things up so badly. Anyway, I think Silver Bullet 